Hi guys, welcome back to Make It Make Sense. My name is Sebi Tennyson and here with me is... Joshua Matosho. Awesome. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about the basics of investing, uh, mainly because we got a lot of good feedback about how some people didn't have any clue about <laughs> investing in the stock market. They're even like, hey, what is a stock? Like, what is ETFs? You guys were talking about QQQ. I don't know what that is. Help me. So we got you. We got you. So today we're going to really dive into talking about stocks like you're clueless. You know absolutely yeah. nothing. Sorry if you already are advanced in the stock market. This might be repetitive information or like, man, why are we talking about this? But I think it's important. So I'll ask you, what is a stock, Joshua? Um, even before I answer that question, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, don't be scared. We that are doing this podcast, we started from somewhere. You know, we didn't sure. just wake up one morning and we became experts or anything. We've been there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and if you listen to this, you're already taking a step in the right direction. So awesome. I just I don't want you to get discouraged or anything. We're here for y'all to give you the information you need. Yes. Okay, so back to the question, right? What is a stock? Yeah. So what I would say a stock is it's the smallest unit of ownership of a company. All right. Uh -huh. So imagine you have a box of pizza, you know, and there are different slices. Just one stock or one share, whatever it is, that's the smallest unit of ownership of a company uh -huh. you can have. Right. And let's say you keep buying more, you keep buying more, you own a bigger piece of that box of pizza. You know, that's the the best analogy I can think about. Yeah, I, I think you, you said it perfectly because I don't think there's anything more I would add to that. You just mm -hmm. own a piece of a company. Basically, you have the right to that piece of a company. And usually rather than a box of pizza, when you are looking for this information and maybe a company's balance sheet or you're watching on TV, they usually call it this term called shares outstanding. That Think about that's the uh, pieces of pizza available for anyone to buy. So shares yeah. outstanding, you're buying a share. That's what you're buying. So that stock is a share of a company. So that's basically it. Then I would say for someone who has no clue now on how to invest what would you recommend is or one of the steps, right? One, what are some of the steps they would take in moving on to this journey? Okay, so I think the first thing I'll think about is education. Uh -huh. right? Remember, we, we put our money to work, right? Yeah. We are the custodians of how much money we have, and we have to make sure we act responsibly. You know, We don't just want to put money in any company we just hear about or uh -huh. just comes to our mind. You know, It doesn't work that way. So I'll say yeah. education is the first thing I'll think about. Now, you don't have to go and read a 1,000 books or 2,000 books to become good at investing. Just start with the basics. Yeah. You know, and we have some books that we're thinking about that we say, huh, we can tell people, go read this, you know, if we want to start from the basics. And I think the first one is called The Intelligent Investor mm -hmm. by Benjamin Graham. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yes, he's a he's like the Lord, you know, one, of the, the Lord. <laughs> one of the forefathers of investing. Yeah. So it's a pretty good book. Yeah. And the second one is called uh, 24 it's, it's Essential Lessons. <laughs> For investing, yeah. <laughs> For investing by William J. O'Neill. Yeah, so those are good ones to get you started. Yeah. Do you mean the 24 essential lessons for investment success? For investment success. Yes, correct. that's, yeah, for, by William J. O'Neill. I, I, so the next question someone's going to ask is like, hey, are you saying I have to first learn before entering into the stock market? Can, can someone do that simultaneously? And when you say learn, are you saying I have to be like proficient, like know every single thing? Or what exactly are, are they learning? Okay, if you ask me that question, I think at least the basic 
the and what is the basic? Habit. Yes, I feel if you're going to invest, you need to know what moves the stock, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you invest in a company, your hope is that that little piece. I own today is going to be worth much more in the future, uh-huh. right? So we have to learn what are the things that make this little piece of the pizza, you know, increase. Yeah. And it's company performance, yeah. right? How do you evaluate company performance? You have to know the different metrics, you okay. know, which um, the, we call them the whales, but those are basically the institutional investors. Yeah. And these are people that actually move a stock price, you know. Today we trade maybe two thousand, three thousand shares at most, but these people buy millions of shares, okay. right? So we need to know what are those things they look at. Okay. So some of the basics, I would say sales, and I think that makes sense to most of us, yeah. right? We want to own a company where whatever service or um, product they're making, there's there's higher demand for it, yes. right? More people will request, oh, we want more, we want more. Or if it's a service, they say, oh, please, can you do this more for us, mm-hmm. right? So those are the basics. We want to see a company. They have, they're selling more of their products or services. They're, high, they're having higher profits, mm-hmm. you know. And from those are just the basics. It goes deeper, but we can start there. Definitely. So what you're saying is at least know some of the lingos people use in order to identify a successful stock. So, for example, take uh, me when I first started investing. I'm like, man, I don't have a lot of time to, like, go in depth into uh, reading all the books that are available because there's so many good resources or going into their financial statement or their balance sheets. But I really liked financial education from YouTube and meet Kevin on YouTube. But one of the things they would be talking about was things like earnings per share, right? They would call it the PE ratio, price earnings ratio, right? So they were saying that you want your price earnings ratio to be low and I had no clue what that was right so that really affected me early on so you're saying like things like that is important to know when you want to invest that way even when you're watching youtube videos or watching cnbc you can understand what it is they're saying and like yet you have more conviction about the stock you're going to invest in yes totally okay i think that's i think that's pretty good i think another thing for someone who is really starting out in investing is understanding their risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, know if you are risk aversive, risk neutral, or risk loving. So can you tell us what risk aversive is? So typically to my understanding, a risk averse person is someone who is very careful, who doesn't want to take risk, you know, that's out of the ordinary, Mm -hmm. right? So people like this, they're okay with a lower return, but they don't want to be exposed with a lot of risk. Uh-huh. And a lot of these people, you see them invest mostly in um, ETFs. So basically, what ETFs are, they mean exchange-traded funds, right? So, for example, instead of investing in Apple, just buying an Apple stock, what they'll do is buy the um, technology ETF. So okay. that technology ETF saves you the trouble of having to invest in Amazon, Apple, Microsoft individually. When you invest in that tech ETF, so a ticker symbol for that is QQQ. If you go on any brokerage and type QQQ, you see pop out, okay. right? You can invest in that ETF and you have exposure to all of them, you know, in certain like um, pro- proportions instead of having to buy each of them individually. Okay. I would take on risk neutral. It's basically you will be defined as someone who is risk neutral according to my understanding as someone who is willing to go into a position regardless of the risk. Like the risk is not something that pushes them out of a particular position, right? Mm. They're very 
they're very non I won't say nonchalant because everyone is concerned. They don't just want to jump into a position that's extremely risky for really little reward, but the risk is not something that stops them from going into a position. So how would you describe risk loving? So I think risk loving because I think that's kind of investor I am. I'm kind of in the middle of risk neutral and risk loving is like they like to find risky investments that have a good chance of having a good return. Okay. You know, so a lot of people look at some of the growth, high growth companies, right? They're risky because what if their business plan will work out? In, you know, they stand a chance of losing a lot of money. But because they have done a lot of research and be like, huh, there's a good chance, you know, this actually goes through. And there's a whole process, you know, you go through before you go into a risky investment, mm-hmm. right? And they calculate that, huh, even though this is risky, I believe my reward is higher. You know, that's why that risk to reward ratio comes in. Okay. You know, so that's what okay. I would define it as. Okay, that, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I think another way you can use, because people are like, okay, how do I know mm-hmm. uh, what risk profile I'm in is to basically understand what position are you in life? Are mm-hmm. you a new college student, right? Are you uh, just graduating from college? Are you about to get married? Are you about to retire? So those those positions in life can help you identify what risk profile you fit in Mm. and speaking of speaking of risk profile one of the things i would recommend people do is whenever they're getting their resource be it like learning or on youtube or they're going to meet a financial advisor i would really tell people to be careful of people who are giving them recommendations of stocks to invest in Without mm-hmm. first understanding what position they That's are true. in life. Think about it. You don't go to a doctor and they give you a prescription before they give you a diagnostics. That's malpractice, right? So you wouldn't go to a financial advisor or listen to someone on YouTube that's just giving you recommendations, but it's not first like talking about, hey, this is for someone who's really risky. This is for someone who's risk averse. This is for someone who's trying to just make money off of it and could mm-hmm. care less about the risk. But what do you think about that? So I think, like I always say, everyone needs to do their own homework because everyone's risk profile is different. If you take mm-hmm. a recommendation from someone, first, you don't have as much conviction as them. Why? Because they're the one who did the research, you know, so they're sure. But you just listen to them, mm-hmm. you know. Now, depending on who the person is, it could affect your conviction. What happens if that stock goes down 20, 30%, you yeah. know? How do you know if you, sh- you should leave or you should stay? You're fully relying on that person you listen to, right? Yeah. And what if they're wrong? There's just yeah. a lot of what if, what if. And because your own money is at stake, you don't want to be in that kind of position. Mm-hmm. That's why I advise, yes, you can listen to recommendations. But what that should do is, for example, if someone on YouTube that I value a lot um, mm-hmm. recommends a stock, what I'll do is I'll take that and put it on my watch list. Okay. And maybe one of these days... When what I'm is not- your watch list? So watch list is just something where you put some stocks that you're mm-hmm. looking at or you like or you're waiting so for So stocks or companies, point. you mean? Yes. Companies, cost, companies yeah. yes. Okay, okay. Basically. That's 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 really good. Uh, the next thing that I would say that is important for people to have is the app. That way they can learn the user interface really well and they can understand, oh, um, how do you buy stocks on there or what kind of stocks do they have available? Do they have what I'm looking for? Because in some brokerages, contrary to most people believe, they might not have the particular company you're looking for. 
right? And another thing I would say is if you do not have a social security number, don't be afraid about that because some brokerages wouldn't allow you to invest if you don't have a social security number. That's mm-hmm. if you're in the U.S., However, you can download Coinbase that does not need a social security number. So you can still invest, but in digital assets. And the same rules before apply. Mm -hmm. Getting an education about it. Just knowing the basics, right? Just knowing and understanding what moves that particular digital asset, right? Reading, Reading up on it. Understanding that particular market is the same thing. Just knowing the bare basics. And I'm not trying to say, like, you cannot invest, while you're learning. You, I'm not saying wait, learn, then invest. Don't do that because you're missing out on money. I think you can definitely do it simultaneously. It's not something that has to be, you have to do one or the other or one after the other. They can both happen at the same time. What do you think? I mean, I, I kind of agree with what you said. <laughs> no, I, I hear I a disagreement coming up. Because I think before you can take any action, you need to know what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to assume we're talking to people that, know nothing about stocks mm-hmm. right if you never you don't if you don't know what a stock is you don't yeah. know what moves the market i would advise you take one week because remember the market is not running anywhere every day there's new opportunities you know mm-hmm. what you want to do is to be well well armed okay. with information with what to look out for that way you'll be able to get okay which stocks should i put on my watch list then for my watch list okay what are some entry points i should wait for to you know pull the trigger i i feel like well, I'm not saying that you have to be proficient, right? I'm not like you be a proficient investor. I'm just saying like for me, because when I first started investing, granted, I did not make as much money as I am now when I had all of this knowledge or now that I'm having more and more knowledge, right? However, I did make a little bit from listening to Jim Cramer, hey, invest in these good companies with a little basic I knew. Like, oh, I know that I want this company to be profitable, right? I know that I want them to have a forecast of high sales, that they are forecasting that year over year, they are generating even more sales all the time, right? So whenever it is, he would say, invest in this company and they meet those check marks, I'm in. I wasn't proficient at that time, but I, I wouldn't say I was super knowledgeable. Does that make sense? So what I would say to that is remember, you know, I never said you have to be proficient, but you yeah. need to know what you're looking for. Definitely. Because there's almost, I think there's over a thousand stocks in the, on the stock exchange. Yeah. Right. And remember, you had a little knowledge because when they're talking about, oh, sales need to grow year over year, you know, what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, what impact does that have on the stock, on the, on the company, on the industry? You mm-hmm. know, that's why I think for people, I'm speaking to people who do not know Jack, <laughs> you know, who know nothing. Yeah. Oh, please, you know, take one week. You don't have to read anything deep. Just get a little book. You can even read articles. One um, website I like is, is called The Motley Fool. They put out like articles of different stocks to invest. You can go there and get some stocks to put on your radar. Okay. Right? And if you have that on your radar, you can just mm-hmm. start reading some of the articles about them. Look at yeah. their financial reports. You don't have to go into that financial um, statements per se. Yeah. But their website where you can just see, okay, how did their sales do? How did the profits do? You know, um, how do they believe they will do in the future? Do okay. they believe their sales will increase or decrease? Because whether we like it or not, <laughs> that matters. You True. know, and even with Jim Cramer, I mean, I love him. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's one of my favorite investors yeah. of all time. Super high energy guy. But yeah. there are times he's recommended a stock and the stock not do well. I and agree. he came on CNBC and he apologized. <laughs> You know, no, yeah, it's true. Be, he he be apologized, right? Yeah, and that just shows that man, no one is 
100% perfect, you mm -hmm. know. When I hear Jim Cramer recommend a stock, I take that, like, just like I said before, I put it on my watch list, mm -hmm. you know. Then whenever I'm less busy, I just try to read a little more about them. I may not even dive into their financial statements and start seeing all the numbers. No, no, no. Yeah. But just a little more and start reading more. What, what plans do they have? Yeah. Right? How is their earnings call? What is their guidance? So mm -hmm. what guidance means is that when a company announces their earnings, they also speak a little about the future. That, huh, you know, next year we expect to grow by so, 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 so. Or we expect to, you know, contract by so, 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 so. But that's actually very, very important. Yeah. Because... There are times a company will do very well with their earnings, but they'll tell you that um in the future we don't. We're know not if going to do, to do that like much. Zoom, for example. Exactly, like Zoom know. is not expecting to do as much as it did yes. in twenty twenty. So if you just go based off of the earnings, oh yes, super, you jump right in. Oh, yeah. you're about to get disappointed. The next earnings and the stock sells off, and you're like, why did that? You don't happen? make a lot of exactly. money. Exactly. Okay. One thing I would advise everyone: don't rush. The market is not running anywhere. I Slow promise touch. you. <laughs> but still be proactive. Don't keep waiting because just like um Sebi said, the long you wait you know you're missing out of on money definitely so it's just a combination of being proactive and being patient that's okay. what i would say okay that that makes perfect sense because i don't want it to seem like we're we're telling people oh don't get into the market read first then get i i don't because companies and things are always changing so the longer you wait you might be missing out on opportunities but i like how you said hey also be patient because that's when you have FOMO in the market, fear of missing out, and you jump into something that has already gotten a lot of upside, right? And when I say upside, I mean chances are they'll keep going up, right? Yes. And then they've reached the maturity or the peak of that upside, and you're cut holding the bag, right? And yeah. now they're going down, and you bought it really high, and you're losing Lime money. <laughs> yes, and you're losing a lot of money. Another thing I would definitely say is know your budget. And if your budget, it, to me at least, if I had known this early on, that if you have less than $5,000 ready to invest, you have no business investing in more than three companies or th you have no business having more than three positions for me because then you're missing out on really good returns, right? Yes. And that helped me a lot right now because now that my positions are a lot smaller, it gives me more time to know a lot about each company. That way, when they announce, like Joshua was talking about, Indicator is doing really well, I have more conviction in that company. So even when things are going down, I see it as an opportunity to even add on to that position because I know they have a lot of upside coming. Yes. So what do you think? I think I totally agree with you, right? I think I was reading a book, I can't remember who wrote it, but he said that diversification for a small investor is not that beneficial. Mm -hmm. You know, now when you grow out your portfolio and you have more money, now you can think about um, diversifying. I feel if, just like she said, if you're starting with less than $5,000, what you can do is it's time to go ham. You know, if you can research, because remember again, mm -hmm. this is your money. Yeah. You know, research and find the best companies you can find. Yeah. You know, and invest in those and watch them grow. You know, and as you grow, huh, maybe you can start taking some profits, you know, maybe add some more money from your savings. Mm -hmm. And from that, you can start another position in a different sector, you know, and that's how, you know, you start diversifying. And to leave y'all today, I'll leave you with a really good quote. Again, I don't know who said this, but I think it's pretty good. And it says, building wealth is not a is a marathon and not a sprint discipline is the key ingredient Ooh. so <laughs> why do you always do that so i would say like this is a marathon guys building wealth is a marathon and we're in for 
bumpy ride. So hold on to your support system, the resources you read. I encourage you guys to go watch some YouTube videos as well. And if you want to make more money, keep listening to this podcast because this is a really good resource for you. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to us. See you in the next episode. Thank you, guys.